Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We have uh, the next episode in our series on marriage. And today we're going to be talking about something that you might want to grab a pair of earbuds. Most 99% of our episodes are ones that are perfectly safe to listen to in front of and with your kids. But because we're talking about intimacy and marriage this time, uh, you might want to grab a pair of earbuds. Go ahead. We'll be here when you get back. That's right. Great, great little uh, caveat there. Um, We want to start off by sharing our perspective of intimacy in this really, really crucial part of marriage. And that is we are Christian women, as you guys probably know, with large families. So you can probably guess a little bit about how we view this part of our lives, right? Um, We're going to be sharing five of our beliefs based on our experience, on our experiences as Christian married women. So, um, so we will share those with you in just a sec. Okay, so we're doing this episode because we've been getting some questions about this topic and uh, a request for this episode for a long time. So I wanted to start off with kind of like we, you know, we start off with humor. So I wanted to start off with a semi-related humor segment here. So my four-year-old has been getting up in about three o'clock in the morning and she goes to the bathroom and she comes instead of going back to her bed, she comes to my bed and she'll say, mommy, I just want to snuggle. And I'll say, okay, all right. You know, who can resist a cute little sweet four-year-old wanting to snuggle at three o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, okay, all right, come on. And she climbs in bed she gets all situated under the covers and I throw my arm over her and she says, don't touch me. Every single time I'm like, okay, hang on here. Is this like preparation for future marriage or what? (laughs) Uh, Do you not know what snuggling means? Okay, never mind. (laughs) And you are a better mother than I because when you said, who can resist a little four year old at three o'clock in the morning, I said, I can. (laughs) Mine is a little naughty too. She tends to, she keeps telling us she's potty trained at night and then she tends to have an accident and then she comes to me and I have to clean it up and then she wants to sleep in my bed and I say, no, on the floor. But that's mostly because I want to stay dry. (laughs) So, So you're a good mom. So we decided to cover this episode ourselves because we have a lot to share. Um, In the future, we plan on bringing in a guest to learn a little bit more about the emotional aspects of intimacy in our marriage. But we really feel like this is such a crucial um, tool to be used in our marriage. And we get so much garbage messages from the rest of the world. So we wanted to give you guys our take on it. Yeah. And we decided to go ahead and base this episode on what we want to teach our our children, our daughters and our sons on how to approach intimacy in marriage. And so that's that's where we're coming from. And we feel like the healthiest place to learn this is from for for if you're in the kind of marriage situation that we are, is from women like us. And that's where we want our children to learn it too. All right. So going back to those five um topics that we're gonna cover, we have um five beliefs that we're going to share, go through in this episode. We believe that marriage is special and private. That's number one. Number two, um, we believe there needs to be positive language surrounding intimacy and marriage. Number three, we want to talk about keeping yourself healthy in physically, emotionally, and mentally so that you're in the right condition to have a positive 
intimate relationship with your spouse. And then number four, we want to talk about our beliefs about women's rights and what we're going to, how that impacts our relationships. And then number five, we want to talk about seeking outside help when it is not working the way that it should be. So we're going to cover all those topics from our perspective. Okay. Yeah. I am really excited to talk through these and we're going to start with belief number one, and that is that sexual intimacy is a special private part of marriage. So if you knew nothing about sex, except for what the Hollywood told you, you probably have a kind of messed up attitude towards it. Right. And so we, as, um, married monogamous women try really hard to teach our children and those that we love that this is a very special and sacred part of our marriage, because that is kind of a unique belief these days. Right. And it's a part of each other, of myself and my husband that we don't share with anyone else. Yes, we are we are passionate about keeping this part private because it's like this secret club that we have together. And like, okay, so diverting a little bit here, something we teach our daughters and our sons, our children, is that virginity is the best way to start marriage. And it's the best way to keep you're intimate, like starting this private, special, intimate part of your relationship, keeping it special and private before marriage even starts. Um, you know, saving ourselves for our mate, it's a privilege. It's not bondage. It's something that it's a gift that we can give to somebody and not chains that we have to be released from. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up that perspective because I remember being a teenager and getting a lot of flack for um, that belief, the belief of virginity and, and wanting it to be a special thing that I shared with my husband. But as a grown woman, I realized just how powerful that freedom is. Like we are te- when we teach our children this, we're giving them the gift of freedom from unwanted pregnancies, freedom from disease, freedom from heartache that comes from multiple sexual partners. Um, and then what that also means, the sacred part of it after marriage means that we resist gossiping with our friends and chatting about sex with our husband, uh, pornography or any other deviant sexual behaviors, um, the media that throws all this garbage at us. It just, it keeps it very special. And I love that aspect of it. Yeah, that, that is just something that's really neat to have, um, a part of your relationship that's just secret and private for just the two of you. All right, moving on to number two, our second belief is we believe there needs to be a positive language surrounding sex. There is so much negativity in this world. And you know, on this podcast all the time, we talk about our thoughts and and the positivity that can come with that. And so this carries right over into the intimate part of our relationship with our spouse as well. There needs to be positive po- positivity. Right. And so if we look at the way the world has done things, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, making sex this casual thing. But if we look at the other side of things, I think for many generations within the Christian sphere, um, people were trying to keep their children from having premarital sex. And so they, Um, there was a lot of guilt and shame and negativity surrounding it there. And it was really difficult to go from this concept of sex is bad to, oh, sex is good now because you're married. You know, it's not just flipping a switch. And so for us to build up this positivity in our family surrounding it, that it's a wonderful, albeit special sacred thing, um, is really, really powerful. And, and it's one of the things I'm excited about teaching my kids, 
Um, we actually have an episode, uh, number 19 about teaching kids about sex. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back after this one and listen to it. There's a lot of really great ideas in there. Um, to, but just a few thoughts to get you thinking about this concept, um, allow open dialogues with kids about sex. Like there are appropriate things to talk about, obviously and inappropriate things. Um, you don't have to talk details and, and you can keep it respectful, but allow that dialogue to come out because if they have questions, they're going to go look somewhere else and it might be their friends and it might be the internet, which we all know is not going to end well. Um, so by teaching our kids that that's something to look forward to something that's powerful and beautiful, but it needs to be used within boundaries. That's going to go a long way to giving our kids healthy sexual relationships later on in life. Yeah, what you mentioned about the previous generations, like, oh man, you know, I think they were really well intentioned in what they were mm-hmm. trying to accomplish mm-hmm. with their negative language surrounding sex. But what I've come to the understanding with 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 raising kids and teenagers is like I trust my kids. I think that they are like I can frame it in such a way to them that um because kids are so impressionable. You know, if we teach them, like you said at the beginning when they're kids, sex is bad, that is really hard to untrain later mm-hmm. in life, even though, you know, adults are more intelligent, you know, and so on. Boy, those ingrained things that come from childhood are really hard to undo later in life. So I think teaching our daughters and our children to be sexually healthy, it starts with our language helping them, trusting them, giving them this gift and a vision of this gift of a future in a future relationship is just like something that we can do for them. And I'm, I'm not really afraid that if I tell my kids how amazing and wonderful and special this part of my relationship with my spouse is that they're going to run out and want to, you know, find something and discover it and figure it out right now. No, I, I trust and um, have the confidence that my kids are going to want it to be a special, intimate, private part of their future relationship too. So I just love having that kind of little bit of a, then you don't have to add the negativity to it because you can put the trust <laughs> in there. Yeah. And along those lines is, um, <laughs> the research has actually shown that kids who have open dialogues about it tend to be less likely to experiment as children because they can just ask their questions instead of it being this big secret thing that they want to learn about, right? They just come ask their questions to their parents and their parents tell them versus when everything's all locked down, (laughs) kids are like, oh, this must be something really exciting. Nobody wants to talk about it, right? (laughs) (laughs) So we're actually doing our kids a disservice by not making it something that they can openly discuss. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving on a little bit um, to a little bit different part of having a positive language surrounding sex, having a healthy sexual relationship with our spouse, it begins with our language, which starts with our thoughts, guys. Let's talk about (laughs) our thoughts. So especially um, thoughts about ourself or our spouse, like if we're having certain thoughts about intimacy, we can ask ourselves, is this thought serving my relationship with my spouse. So for example, I'm going to, you know, Bonnie, you notice that Bonnie and I aren't giving a lot of specific examples. We don't want this episode to be titillating. We just want it to be informational and helpful. But one example I wanted to share is as moms and especially young moms of young kids and we're busy and we're tired and we feel like we're just serving all day, serving, 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 and everybody needs us and nobody's thankful. And And then we can turn around with our spouse and think, oh my goodness, here's somebody else who just 
needs me to serve them. <laughs> and that kind of thought, while, you know, we can, we can feel that and we can focus on that and that thought can really grow. It's just not a thought that's going to serve our sexual relationship with our spouse. It's just part of the language thing that, you know, just take a thought, take a feeling, examine it. And how can we, how can we be positive? Like, is there one tiny positive thing that we can focus on? Because when we focus on something, then it grows. Agreed. A hundred percent. And there are so many wonderful thoughts we can think surrounding sex. Um, you might have to do a little work on them so that it's something that you really can believe if there's some struggles there. Um, but when we're talking about this healthy language, a great place to start is communication between spouses so that we know what each person needs, right? Um, and that can be really difficult if you were raised in a household where nobody ever said boo about, about sex. <laughs> to then have this totally open dialogue between you and your spouse, it's definitely something that, that needs to be worked on sometimes. But when one spouse's needs are not being met, the other needs to know about it so that you guys can work on it together. Otherwise, one person just has resentment and the other person's just wondering what's going wrong, right? Or, or maybe not even knowing that anything's wrong at all. And then the whole relationship in that area de devolves, right? So I personally have used the thought model multiple times on myself when I'm struggling with my sex drive or just wondering why the relationship is not fulfilling the way it should be. Um, and so much of that for women is it's just stuck inside our minds. Our poor husbands are probably like, what is wrong with you? And we're thinking like 5,000 <laughs> thoughts in, in the 30 yeah. seconds that he's asking that question, right? We really have to be in the right headspace to be intimate with our husbands, I think even more so than men. I, we're just wired differently. And if I am not in that right mindset nothing will work right. Right. I'm just, I, I'm resentful. I have a bad attitude. And that is number one for us as women to have a great relationship with our spouse. Oh, such a good, good comment. Yes. Um, my husband says often, you know, all communication is just a series of negotiations. <laughs> this mm. applies to marriage too. So communication, make sure your spouse understands what's going on with you. Um, and if there's, if you're not in the right space, just be sure that your spouse knows that you that they are not being rejected, but it's more about you. You are not in the right space right now, and you need to get yourself right so that you can both be in the right place, you know, so it can be enjoyable for everyone. But like if you let your spouse know about this, hey, I, you know, I have to say no right now, but this isn't because of you. It's about me. That That's just a little negotiation, and it goes so far to communicate and, and stop you know, if there's some resentment or something going on so that you can, um, you can move forward. Both of you can move forward to where you need to be. Oh, I love that. The negotiation thing. It, it really is right. Like we're all just, every time we talk to somebody, we're just trying to get them to see our point of view. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to sex, that communication is so crucial. And I like what you're saying about, um, when you're in the wrong space to make sure that you're, you need to make sure you're still showing love to your spouse, right? Like, Oh honey, I love you so much. I am exhausted. I don't know if you knew the baby kept me up half the night rain check. Right. Or, um, you do something else together. That's maybe not going to require you to, uh, stretch yourself past what you're able to at that moment. But it just goes back to, like you said, communication, communication, make sure that each other knows what, what the other one is thinking. Okay, so moving on to belief number three, that's the one about health, right? When we're in a bad place physically or emotionally, it's really hard to connect with another human being on any level, really, but especially on a sexual level. To keep ourselves healthy, that will go a long ways in helping us have a great relationship sexually with our husband. When I am overweight, overtired, eating junk, 
not active, it is really hard for me to feel good about myself in any aspect, right? Those things really take a toll on on my confidence and on feeling like I can be vulnerable in that sort of situation. Yeah, let's break it down and talk about all those three areas, physical health, emotional health, and mental health. So physical health, ladies, this is all about our thyroid. (laughs) Pregnancy, nursing, motherhood, it takes a huge toll on our thyroid. And we've got to, we've got to take care of ourselves so we can be in better condition to take care of our kids and take care of our husband and be where we need to be for ourselves. We have a whole episode, episode 50 on post-pregnancy fitness. We don't call it post-pregnancy hot bodiness. <laughs> it's about keeping yourself physically healthy. So if you need a refresher, go listen to that episode. But yeah, how can we, if we are not physically feeling good about ourselves, how can we expect to enjoy intimacy with our husband. Right. Totally. And like we said, goes back to those thoughts, right? If we're having crappy thoughts about ourselves and our bodies, we are not going to be available to connect with another person. So, um, I want to talk just for a second about emotional health. Um, I think all of us deep down can recognize what we need to feel attracted to our spouse. And then we need to go out and get it. Like we can't always expect somebody, we actually should never expect someone else to give it to us, right? We need to choose what it is and then go out and get it ourselves. So for an example, for me personally, I need to have regular date nights with my spouse, mostly because we have so many kids that are so loud and awake all the time that when we try to connect emotionally or have a good conversation, we're always interrupted and it just doesn't happen. So when the weather's nice, we go on walks together in the evening, we go on date nights, we try to talk privately every single day. And I know on another episode, I mentioned that sometimes it's just a phone call when he's coming home from work, because as soon as he gets home, it's, you know, free for all. And we talk about not just serious stuff, but, but silly stuff and just any kind of connection like you would do with any friend that you have. Right. Um, and laughing together is a huge one for me too. When I laugh regularly with my husband, I feel so connected with him and that leads naturally into an intimate relationship. Yeah, it's been um, kind of neat to have this experience with your spouse where you connect on an emotional level as well. And I find that when I am connected with my husband on an emotional level, it helps me connect with him better in other areas as well. Um, Just because we can, like there's this thing, we help each other feel emotionally filled, but we have to also and maybe first, make sure that we're f- getting our own emotional needs um, filled because you can't pour out from an empty cup. <laughs> <laughs> and so you've got to, yeah. So like my husband and I, you know, we'll be like, he'll have a kid on one hip and I'll have one hanging off each leg and we'll just be like, you know, connect eye contact and we'll be like, hey, remember that time when we were in Florida and we went to that one restaurant and that waiter brought us that wrong thing and it was, you know, just laugh or look at each other, connect and just it gives you this little emotional boost. And yeah, that's just something that really, really helps. It goes a long way, keeping yourself emotionally healthy. And then the last area we want to touch on is mental health. Guys, this goes back to what we were talking about in belief number two about positive thoughts. Positive thoughts. We have a whole episode 64 on body image, but this is something we actively have to work on. Thinking the way we think about our own body. It has such an effect. Um, And I know women, we're so critical of our bodies. And, you know, we talked about in episode 64 why and where that comes from. But 
if I just hate my body, how can I expect my husband or how can I believe my husband when he tells me it's beautiful? I'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, that might be a stretch for you. You might be in a place where you feel absolutely no love for your body and you're really struggling with that. But one thing I found really powerful is sometimes I have to borrow my husband's love for me and my body. Sometimes I just have to take a second and think, how does he really see me? And he can even help me, right? Like, tell me what you love about me. Tell me what what's attractive to you. And to just try to look at yourself through his eyes for a moment, that is really, really powerful. And you can go, oh yeah, he loves me because I, um, you know, make him laugh. And he loves my body because it's created these babies for him or because it brings him pleasure or this or that. Whatever it is that he shares with you, try to internalize that yourself. And it beca- can become a really great tool for feeling attractive and sexy yourself because you might not be able to do it on your own. Sometimes that's really, it's a real struggle for women. Yeah, I I agree with that so much. I've even had to um, discover about myself how to share with my husband meaningful ways to share to share thoughts about me and my body to help me with that. So like, for example, he loves, you know, he he, he often will say, oh my goodness, your body is just so perfect. And I'll be like, um, could you help me out a little bit with maybe some more specific thoughts? Because I'm having <laughs> a please? hard time yeah. believing that my body is perfect. Because like, let me show you these stretch marks and this varicose vein because that ain't perfect. <laughs> like, but what just, do you mean by perfect? Show me exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he'll be like, yeah. yeah. But then he'll be like, he'll tell me something specific and I'll be like, oh, Really? Yeah, you can see it all of a sudden, right? Yeah. 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 Or at least be a little curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on to number four, our belief about women's rights. Ladies, it's a woman's world that we are living in. Women's rights have made us in control. Like it or not, agree with it or not, everything that's going on in the world today, that's where we are. So coming at it, thinking about it from our perspective of Christian women with large families in monogamous relationships, how are we using the control? Like it's in our control. Let's get empowered. If our sex life is lousy, we can take charge. (laughs) It's our fault. We can can do this. Um, In our day and time, the culture environment has never been more favorable for women to self-actualize and manage the results of their sexual relationship. Like get involved. If you are not happy, if you are not feeling pleasure, if you are not satisfied with the intimacy in your relationship, every resource, every empowerment, everything is available for us to take charge. Yes. Totally, totally. Um, Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, there's nothing that brings me more sorrow than to read about women's lives in, in, you know, a thousand years ago, 500 years ago. It just, there was a lot of crap that women had to go through and um, surrounding intimacy was a, a big one. Like people just didn't care what the women thought or felt. And thank goodness we live in today's day and age when it's um, crucial that both spouses are are happy and feel in control of their lives and communicate together. And that um, a man who treats his woman with kindness and respect and tries to give her pleasure is respected instead of demeaned, right? We're really lucky in that way. And I really feel like women are just complex. We have all these nuances and and we're also very powerful. So I would recommend doing some reading and some research, um, obviously from trusted sources. You might not want to just Google it. (laughs) 
and we'll give you some resources in the show notes. But to learn about your body, to understand the important of the importance of sex, not just for making babies, but for drawing you closer to your spouse and and really enjoying it, and be open to making changes. And some of them might be uncomfortable because it is such a vulnerable thing. You might have to have a lot of conversations with your husband and try some things and go, oh yeah, I really enjoy that, and that not so much, or I need to change my thoughts about something. Um, and then don't be opposed to getting help from a really good uh, therapist or or other trusted resource because the help is out there and we should all be enjoying this relationship with our with our spouse. Yeah, you know, thinking back to those former times, um, I think those times were not only a disservice to women, but to men too. You know, men are complex too. In one of these resources that we're going to share at the end, there's um, this quote that shared, um, I, I don't have it in front of me, I can't share it exactly, but it's to the effect that a, a mature sexual relationship focuses on the woman's needs because men are complex too. They like, it's not just about getting relief for them. A man is fulfilled by bringing his woman pleasure. Like he, he rates himself and his, his ability to bring his woman pleasure. And so, you know, if we're not getting involved in, and being a part, a, a mutual partner in this relationship, we're, oh man, yeah, we're, we're really doing our husbands a disservice too. Like don't damage your relationship or do your husbands and sons a disservice by like harboring this idea that men are just simple cavemen-esque creatures and they have simple sexual needs. You know, they don't, they just, you know, whatever your thoughts are. No, that's not true. Um, so as your relationship matures, the maturity comes and is shown by when you start focusing on the woman's needs, because that is also so fulfilling for a man as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And just goes to show that we are designed the way we are for a reason, right? Um, Sometimes we wonder like, why are we so different in this way? It's so frustrating, (laughs) but there's a reason, you know, it all comes together just perfectly when there's communication, we're working on each other together. So moving on to belief number five, and that is to seek outside help. So this is the only exception to um, belief number one, that it's a sacred thing and it shouldn't be shared with anyone. We do really believe in getting outside professional help when necessary. I mentioned some books. There are also some really great podcasts, blogs, um, some uh, therapists that are in the public sphere and share a lot of things. And, and these are going to be in the show notes as well. And, and nothing can really help quite like an in-person counseling session. Um, although you might have to do a little bit of research or asking around to find one that has the same core values as you, because obviously, um, you want someone that connects with you on that level and isn't suggesting you do things that you're uncomfortable with. Um, and off I, I've, the reason I think this is so powerful is because often communicating in front of a trained therapist can be easier to communicate about vulnerable issues than communicating alone at home. Sometimes there's all this hesitation and all this like emotional block. But if you can look at another person, like you're not even looking at your spouse, you're looking at this other person and explaining your frustrations, then your spouse hears. And then the therapist or counselor can say, oh, well, it sounds like maybe the issue is X, Y, Z. What do you think about that? And you, and all three of you come to a solution together. It's really, really amazing. Um, and they can just be a, a wonderful resource for any marriage. You do not have to be struggling to go to a therapist. Uh, very often so much wonderful stuff can be done when your marriage feels good, but you just want to improve a little bit. Yeah. I remember that you shared in a previous, one of our previous episodes on marriage that, um, the, you and your husband were having some in-person counseling and the therapist said, man, I wish that every couple came to me before they needed help. Like you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really powerful. I'm like, Oh, some, a lot of us wait too long. I think. Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can recommend some safe Christian books on sex and intimacy and marriage. And I have three specific ones that I want to share with you guys. And also I'll be, you know, gifting these to my kids when they get married because they're just such good and safe, helpful books. So one of them is called No More Headaches. We'll link these all in the show Which notes. Which is the best title about it. <laughs> For a book about sex. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. And then um, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. And there's a companion workbook with that called Woman Power. So um, those are some great places to get started. There's lots of other books out there as well. But um, those are ones that have been especially helpful and I highly recommend. Yeah, and I'm going to include some links for um, uh, Jennifer Finlayson Fife. She is one of my favorites to follow in regards to a Christian perspective on sex. She has courses, paid courses you can do for by yourself or with your spouse. She has a podcast, um, lots of great resources there. And I would also mention that when learning more about sex, you can take and leave what you want, right? You don't have to necessarily read a book and, and adopt everything that they suggest because it is such a personal aspect of your relationship. I recommend reading or studying it together with your spouse and then deciding what you want to try and what you don't. Um, it, it's totally within your decision to uh, what you want to adopt and what you don't. Yeah. Um, so I have some final thoughts here. Um, you guys, you can probably tell this episode wasn't like super easy for Bonnie and I to do. It's obviously because we have these beliefs, especially number one, that this is, you know, a special private part of our marriage, that it's hard for us to share about this kind of stuff. But we just have been feeling pulled to share this because we want there to be our perspective out there, something that's healthy and for Christian women in monogamous relationships. We want to share this with our children. And so anyway, what I'm saying here is if you guys appreciated this, if you want others to hear this perspective too, we'd encourage you to like leave a review on our, on iTunes or um, share the po- share the podcast with a friend this episode if it's helped you and been helpful. But what I want to say just in general is if this part of your relationship, the intimacy part of your relationship is not healthy, then so many other aspects of your relationship will start to degrade as well. And for your sake, for your husband's sake, for your children's sake, oh, just, just work on it. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it not only because of the pleasure and the special connection that comes with it, but it's worth it because it makes so m- all the rest of the, your relationship, all the other aspects of your relationship so much better too. And so like we just really encourage you to just embrace some of these beliefs that we've shared with you so that um, your marriage can improve in every aspect as well. Yeah, I love that you share that because what I was going to share in closing is that um, th- that a great sex life starts outside of the bedroom. And and you were just saying the flip side of that, right? Um, yeah. That it really does affect everything. And so if you are feeling unfulfilled in that area or that there's a communication breakdown, then you can also start with other aspects of your marriage. So so this is usually how how I've seen it happen in my own life and in others is that first you, you distance yourself from your spouse just because of life, right? All of a sudden you don't have time for dates or talking or whatever. And then the next thing that happens is you get frustrated about 
about something or feel resentful. And then when it's time to be intimate, you're not available emotionally and he feels that and then he's frustrated. So it's just this spiral. It goes down, 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 down. And then you're all wondering what in the heck happened? We loved each other three weeks ago and now we just have all this resentment and frustration. It's all tied together. And if you can just improve a little bit here or here, um, then it all kind of moves up together, you know, and the communication is key. One, one other thing I would share about communication is if you came from a, from a background that did not communicate about sex and you're really struggling with it, um, the, the therapist idea is a great idea. Another great idea is to go somewhere in the car and have a conversation with it where you're both looking straight ahead. Sometimes it can be a little bit much to look at your spouse while you're having a conversation that's really vulnerable um, or going on a walk where you're looking straight ahead and you can talk about things that maybe make you just a little bit uncomfortable and you're trying to get through that. Um, that's just one of my one of my favorite tips there. Oh, I love that we both shared like the exact opposite. <laughs> totally. Oh, <laughs> but, the- but it's all like it makes it a well-rounded approach to helping your intimacy and every aspect of your marriage get better. Totally, totally. All right. So we hope this episode was helpful to you guys. And we most of all want to encourage you to work on the intimate and every aspect of your marriage because it's worth it. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Get on top of this. Get empowered. I want to say get on top of this. Hang on. <laughs> We're just going to say, so to speak. <laughs> oh, okay, hang on. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry.